Welcome to the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast, a podcast created to inform patients, families, and caregivers about important health transformation topics. Since the 2001 Crossing the Quality Chasm Report by the Institute of Medicine, our nation's healthcare system has recognized its need to improve quality of care by way of six important aims that make healthcare safe, efficient, effective, patient-centered, timely, and equitable. But we cannot hope to cross this chasm and achieve these aims until we make fundamental changes to the whole healthcare system. All levels of this work require dramatic improvements from the patient's experience. So this podcast is dedicated to you, the voices most underutilized resource in healthcare, our patients' voices. Welcome, and we hope you enjoy the Patient Partner Innovation Community Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Natasha Washington, president and founder of ATW Health Solutions and sponsor for the Patient Partner Innovation Community. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com. Hello, everyone. I am Desiree Collins-Bradley with Patient Partner Innovation Community, and thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We have a special guest with us, Latasha Rouse. And Latasha, you know, we met, um, you know, with a common bond around maternal health advocacy. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners? So I am Latasha Rouse, and I am a Married mother of four, I have a 10-year-old son and triplets that are seven, <laughs> seven years old now, um, and I am a patient and family advisor for several national organizations, state organizations, I've done hospital work, policy work, um, and I am also a doula, birth and postpartum. Um, what else? I guess that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a lot. You are, I would say, the maternal health renaissance woman. You've done so many things in so many different spaces. Tonight, we're going to really focus on maternal health, the crisis, advocacy work, and what we can do, right? Those listeners that are tuning in to say, okay, I'm in my community. What can I do? Give them some ideas and hopefully inspire them to get involved. And I'll say I have my own maternal health I would say crisis journey. This topic is near and dear to my heart. So anything we can do here at Patient Partner Innovation Community to really educate the population, ignite those clinicians to really listen to us, I think um, it's something that we all can do. So, you know, I just kind of want to talk, if if you can kind of give a little backstory, like, you know, I know, I know your story of your maternal health journey, but could you give our listeners a little bit of snippet of what kind of inspired you to become involved and tell them your basically your why? Um, well, for maternal, I started out in, in the NICU space because my children were born early and the maternal world came about when I was asked to speak on a panel um, for ACOG when they wanted somebody to talk about um, their experience um, just in general. They didn't know what I was going to talk about. Nobody ever asked me, so I got to say what I wanted to. (laughs) And I told them (laughs) all about my experience um, 
being having a hemorrhage after my triplets were born and mm-hmm. how um, in that space they EMS drivers came to my house, the EMS workers came to my house, and what I thought was going to happen was they were going to pick me up and, you know, run me out the door because mm-hmm. the amount of blood that I lost was like a murder scene. But mm-hmm. they came in and they asked me a lot of questions and they acted as if I had caused it. And mm. there was no real priority that was being set. It was just kind of, you know, can you stand up? No, I can't. Yes, you mm-hmm. can. You know, it was a lot of things that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And then once I finally got out of the house mm-hmm. and got in the ambulance, I started to hear them talk about what they were going to do, like going to Starbucks and all of that kind of stuff. And oh. I... Am on an ambulance having the worst, one of the worst days of my life, and I'm listening to someone not even have the common courtesy um, to have that conversation at another time. Yeah. Um, And for me, it was very obvious that I was not seen as the person that I am. They Mm -hmm. could only see me. what felt like as a stereotype. There was no care and concern. It was very cold. And um, they they clearly could not have been looking at my situation. No one ever went to check and see how much blood I lost. I mean, there were so many things that a person that was there and cared would have done that didn't happen. Yeah. So I told that story. And Mm -hmm. from there, I got so many responses and calls and speaking engagements and councils to sit on because that story is a typical story. That Mm -hmm. story is the story that many women have, many women of color. Some women have it, they're not of color, but a lot of women of color have it. And it's the story of um, being blamed, the story of not being listened to, the story Mm -hmm. of not being treated um, with care and concern and compassion um, you know, not being a priority, and um, you know, we 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 want things to be better. Absolutely, we want that. You know, and I think you touched on a couple of things. You know, you think about the training aspect of this. I think, you know, as we discuss, you know, and in in wake of Black Lives Matter, you know, health disparities has been put out in the forefront and. For most of us that have been in this space, you know, health disparities and inequities in healthcare, this has been going on a long time, very long time. But I think, you know, it's gotten a lot of buzz, I would say, in most recent, right? A lot of media attention. So the whole thing about the actual training aspect, because when I think of things and I and this is just me, just this is just me and my and, and the way my brain works. You know, I think about, okay, what what could be some really good solutions in this? And so for those that are listening in the healthcare space and may think that, oh, this doesn't happen in my community, I would challenge you to really look at your data out there, that it is happening and it's happening at alarming rates. And what can you do to really change this, right? So what could have been done? Uh, absolutely some um, implicit bias training, right? For those in all healthcare spaces, and when we think about healthcare, especially in the bias training world, we only think about inpatient, right? We're not thinking about, and this is just what I've seen in my own personal work. We always see 
what they're doing in the hospital setting. But your healthcare encounter started way before you hit the hospital doors, right? It started when those EMS workers pulled up to your door to assess the situation and automatically kind of dismissed you in a sense. So they could have really, really benefited from having that proper training even outside those hospital doors. I hope that makes sense. I agree that implicit bias training is important, but I also agree that there's not enough training in this world that is going to make you treat a human being like a human being if you don't yeah. want to. Yeah. So yeah. I can tell you all the specifics about implicit bias training and why yeah. you need to understand what bias is and what mm-hmm. cultural competency is and how people of different cultures react and, you know, what you should mm. know. Yeah. But... If in your heart of hearts, Mm -hmm. you still don't see that other person Mm -hmm. as worthy of the care that they need, I don't give a dog on how much training you do. That's still not going to happen. It is a thing that people have to do Mm -hmm. in the healthcare space where if you see somebody doing something Mm -hmm. that's off, that's wrong, you have to say something as a coworker because... Most of these times, I mean, you look at Shasia Washington, yeah, the 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 her case, yeah. Now they waited until this woman was dead to fire this doctor. Yep, I know. And she and that's she had to die. They already knew. Mm-hmm. That wasn't something that no one knew about him. There mm-hmm. was nothing like that. So it is also making yeah. sure that the people who are around, who yeah. are the people. Mm-hmm. who speak up when they see these things and make sure that correction happens. And mm-hmm. they put a little skin in the game. It's time yes. for that. Because yeah. right now, everybody denies it and they don't see anything until somebody's dead. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, the other piece to this, too, is, um, and I feel your passion through, through this, through this uh, phone. I love it. You know, the other piece to this is, having an environment where I feel comfortable to speak up because I think a lot of times people are scared. They're scared to lose their jobs. They're scared to be, you know, blackballed in, in a sense because of the backlash of being, you know, Oh my goodness, I'm that whistleblower. Right. But it's that old saying, when you see something, say something. And we teach our children this, right? I know I teach my kids. If you see somebody doing something wrong, whether it's at school, with your friends, you need to say something. You're guilty by association, in all honesty. When something happens, you don't say anything. And so, you know, I love the fact that you pointed that out, that people need to speak up. And I think in the wake of Black Lives Matter, I mean, we're seeing police officers that are starting to speak out against their peers, which, you know, that code is one that has never been broken. And just recently I saw on the news, there was a police officer that was arrested and, you know, charged because not because of body cam, because the officers that were in that encounter had the courage enough, felt comfortable enough to speak up. So we need to really have that same environment in this healthcare space, because I don't know about you, but I'm tired of seeing women that look like you and me die every day. And nobody cares. I want to see the I want to see the culture change, and that is mm-hmm. a lot of times why 
I say, people will ask me that question. Like, you know, I'm just going to go start a nonprofit and I'm going to work with people. And I say, yeah, that's nice and, and that's needed. But there's also a need for the healthcare system mm-hmm. to get an overhaul. And that mm-hmm. is your state health and human services, that is your mm-hmm. hospitals, That those are your organizations. Um, it's time for the administrations to look different. Yep. It's time for health and human services to fund and the government to fund, um, you know, home visits, doulas. Mm-hmm. It's time for them to fund um, support so that women know that they have somebody by their side that they can tell when exactly. things happen and that can support them um, through it. Mm-hmm. It's time for the administrations to not just put up mm-hmm. these statements yep. and make sure that they're acting them out. Mm-hmm. Because if they are, then their their boards look different. Their administrations Absolutely. look different. And there's not this <clears throat> point at which the of color drops off. And now mm-hmm. everybody underneath that glass ceiling looks one way and everybody above it looks another way. I love it. Ooh, yes, that's golden there. Now, you touched on something that I want our listeners to know a little bit more about, the whole doula services, right? So I know just from knowing you and and following your journey that you went through doula training and now you're a doula. And I think the whole doula role, because I can have someone that looks like me from my community to help me. When you say guide me along the way that I can relate to, I think is key. So could you tell us a little bit about for those people that may be tuning in that don't even know what a doula is? What is the role? The role of a doula Mm -hmm. is someone that will support you emotionally, physically, and um, with information. Mm -hmm. So, And the information part is where I feel like you can make a huge change because if you're just Googling things, you might get good evidence-based information and you may not. Uh You might be hearing someone's story who is re-traumatizing you Uh um, and not necessarily your case, but you take it on because we do that. And so you can get this evidence-based information to discuss with your doctor. Uh That gives you power that we have not always had. That's right. When we walk in a room and we're handing them a piece of paper showing that we have researched something and it's sound. Yeah. And we already know pros and cons, but I want to know what you think. Yeah. Are you going to say something totally different or now are we talking about what's good for me? Mm-hmm. Am I now an individual? Mm-hmm. Did I move from the stereotype? That's right. Because we have to do that also. We have to advocate for ourselves. And mm-hmm. so as a doula, that is a person that can help you have the knowledge, information to do that and uh-huh. support you through it. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, for those um, women and listeners, or really everyone that's listening into this podcast, I would urge you to really seek out in your own communities um, doula services. I know they are nationwide. There's doulas everywhere in the community. So I would urge you to really reach out to that as a resource um, to kind of help you through that, the bridge, because I don't know, you know, not everybody has 
and maybe I'm a little tainted, but not everybody has like the that beautiful maternal um, scenario, right? You see on television where it's roses and birds and everything is so beautiful. Sometimes things can be a little scary and it's not always easy to discuss that with a provider that doesn't necessarily look like you. So recently I know, you know, we kind of recruited you to become involved with maternal health measurement work on the national level level with CMS, which for those listening, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. So I just kind of want to get your insight on how was that? How was that experience? And do you think that it's really important for patients to become more involved in that measurement space? Give me give, give me some insights on that. I think it is. it was a, a great experience. I had some colleagues in the room that I knew from before, and um, because I had been in the space for a while, I knew the information. Um, it was good to be able to add to the conversation. There were several pieces that I saw that had not been calculated, mm-hmm. and so being able to contribute was, was amazing. I love it when there is a match between um, – you know, some of the more seasoned um, patient and family advisors and someone who may not be. And I say that because I can tell you my story as I just did. Yeah. And I'm, I might not I might not shed a tear. But I guarantee you that mama who went through it last year, yes. her tears are going to be felt in a different way. So I can give you facts and I can apply them to my story. Mm-hmm. And you will feel that. But it's also important to have someone who just had that experience mm-hmm. because they're going to they're going to tell you in a different way. So that was amazing. Um, and I I do I encourage people to um, find ways to partner in their communities. Mm-hmm. There's always, especially now, an opportunity to partner at different levels. My hope is that when you start partnering, you start partnering um, at a hospital level. And I say that because it mm-hmm. will help you to know what to ask for at the next level. Yeah, yes. Start at your hospital where you mm-hmm. have experience, where you've had your um, your challenges, and mm-hmm. um, they they will surely, they have counsels in a lot of them, and if mm-hmm. not, you might be able to start them. That's and right. start to share at that level. And once you get to know the inner workings, you're going to see that more opportunities open and then the next level and next level. And you you can, you know, the sky's the limit. Um, but I wouldn't say for everybody to start out in measurement. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that one. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, so measurement and and, you know, I would say quality measurement work, There's a lot of intimidation around that space, but I think for us, right, those patient partners that have been experienced in that space, I think we hold a responsibility really to kind of, I want to say nurture, and I'm I'm using that like my mother hen (laughs) ways, kind of nurture those patient partners that are coming up under us to kind of guide them and teach them and prepare. And I'll say, you know, at Patient Partner Innovation Community Network, 
you know, we have things in place where we can kind of help you get familiar with the language, prepare you to become involved and be comfortable in that measurement space. So for those that are listening, if you guys are interested in learning more about quality measurement, whether it's maternal health or any other area that you guys are interested in, I would urge you to reach out to us at PPIC online and I'll definitely, definitely um, get you connected and, and make sure that you're comfortable. But, you know, it's, you know, before I let you go, this has been a wonderful conversation and I could talk about this all night, all day, because it's such a near and dear topic to me. But, you know, I, for those people that are listening, right? So we have many different listeners. We're healthcare system leaders. We have patients. We have providers. Everybody and everybody, but I would say the kitchen sink is listening to our our podcast. For each one of those, I'll say patients, providers, healthcare systems. What I would say advice or insight, if you could sit down with each each particular um, area one by one at, at each level, what would you um, say to them? Uh, patient and family advisors, I would say, um, you know, find yourself a, a wonderful mentor, somebody who you trust and you can talk to mm-hmm. um, and lean on as you um, do this work. Um, for the clinicians, I would say um, it's not as hard as you think mm-hmm. uh, to incorporate a patient and family advisor into your work, mm-hmm. into your quality improvement work. Um, there are tons of resources out there for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the administration, um <sighs> Honestly, out of the whole group, a lot of times, and I know at every conference this is said, but the administrators <laughs> are the ones that can make it tough. So mm-hmm. I would say to you to trust your leaders. If mm-hmm. they come to you and they want to start something and they have an idea, trust them. Mm-hmm. Allow them to grow and mm-hmm. allow them to uh, to participate in this in this space because there is much change that can be made and having patient and family partners uh, be a part of it means that it happens faster. Statistically, that Mm -hmm. has been proven. Um, And there's so many other benefits. So I would say trust, trust, trust your people if they come to you and they say, we want to do this. Yeah. I love that. Trust your people. I love that. You know, a lot of times if they are coming to you with, an initiative, I won't even go that far, an idea, right? I would say listen with open ears and open heart because you just never know. Next month, next year, it could be someone in your family that's affected by whatever's going on in the healthcare system in a negative way. So it's a teamwork. You know, I often send this to tags on all my emails. Teamwork makes the dream work and we have to, you know, work together to drive this this healthcare monster in the right direction. But, you know, Latasha, I so appreciate you taking the time out away from your family. I know with all this COVID-19, we are all family up knit tight in our homes, but I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us on tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Can't get away without thanking our wonderful sponsor and partner in this work, Dr. Natasha Walsh. 
PW Health Solutions. And as always, guys, be engaged. Follow the PPIC community online at atwhealth.com.